you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Around the NFL Podcast. Always triple sources. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Happy Monday, everybody. Happy Monday. And to you. You know, do you, uh, classic rock fans are probably aware of this, or music fans. John Lennon's Lost Weekend. It's when he was estranged from Yoko, and I think uh, a lot of drug use was involved. And the weekend was kind of a, a big deal in his growth as a man, according to John Lennon. Rest in peace. I had a similar Lost Weekend this weekend, but nothing exciting. No heroin. No Yoko figure involved. No growth as a man. No growth as a man at all. Just I don't remember anything about the weekend, and it's gone. And I'm just starting to accept that this is my life. And it wasn't due to like pleasant, adventurous excess. I I feel you on some of these weekends where suddenly it's 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 not just Sunday night. It's Monday morning at (laughs) four fifty a.m. and like you can feel the week staring down at you. You're three days older, and you've got nothing to show for it. Nothing. How was your weekend, guys? (laughs) That was good. I was meant to hang out with Dan on St. Patrick's Day, and around 4 p.m., I texted and said it's not happening. It wasn't simply, happening on my end. It wasn't either. happening. It just wasn't going to happen, and that was it. And then Sunday happened yesterday. Don't, I barely remember Sunday, the lost weekend. Inertia is a bitch. I barely remember anything. It's kind of a nice way to go through life. <laughs> What's going to happen when you actually start getting old, Greg, and you know the ravages of time uh, start to zap your mind a little bit, and your memory gets let? I'm a little worried about that. I think it's it. I we're already there. I yeah, we're there. I view it more as like a lifestyle choice. There are certain things I choose to, to mark as uh, meaningful. I'll keep that, but pretty much everything else. Eh. So you're in a, you're like a memory elitist. Maybe so. I mean, like I was having a good time <laughs> this weekend. I was enjoying it. You know, a lot of a lot of time with the kids and stuff. But yeah, it's it's just gone now. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Good good chat, guys, on the week. And 
Uh, let's talk about football now because a lot to talk about. Uh, we're now uh, just hitting like the week mark since the legal tampering uh, period began. So free agency, free agency has definitely settled down, but there are still some chips falling into place. So we're going to get caught up uh, since the last time we spoke to you, which was uh, or recorded for you, which was uh, Friday morning. Uh, so we will get into it and we'll start with big talk uh, at the top of the draft board around, oh yeah, my favorite team, the New York Jets. All right, let's get into it. All right, so the big news over the weekend, it was on St. Patrick's Day uh, that the Jets announced uh, that they had acquired the number three overall pick in the draft with the Indianapolis Colts. The Jets send their sixth overall pick, the 37th overall pick, the 49th overall pick, so both their second-round picks, uh, as well as a second-rounder in 2019 to the Colts. Uh, uh, so the Jets move up, get into prime quarterback real estate, maybe not as high up, Mark, as they wanted to because they, they I guess, placed the phone call to the Cleveland Browns. They're never going to do business with the New York Giants. That is a relationship fraught with uh, pitfalls throughout the years. Uh, so they, they move up to three, box out the Bills. I'm real happy as a Jets fan. Your thoughts on this move, Mark? I think it's we're seeing more and more of these trades where I guess you want to come out and say, oh, one Team A fleeced Team B, and it's evident to everyone. I think this is a, a deal where the Jets win because according to what we're hearing from the Jets, they're comfortable with, in theory, getting the third quarterback on the board or their board, that they would be okay with that. And, and the Colts, who... I incorrectly pinged on Friday for being too inactive. It Really, they want to build through the draft, and this allows Chris Ballard to do exactly that. So you can pick a winner in this, but for me, both teams got what they needed. The Jets have needed a quarterback forever, and they have a chance to get one. This is a fascinating trade on so many levels. They put the Bills in checkmate six weeks before the draft. It turns the Giants' number two pick into one of the most interesting pick scenarios we've ever seen. And... I've never seen a trade like this where a team gives up what they gave up nearly two bucks on the dollar, according to Chase Stewart of Pro Football Reference, compared to some other trades like Goff and Wentz that were much less on the dollar. And they don't have a specific target in mind. You could trade up. They must you, on some level, but you can't because the other in their two own teams, mind. Right. You can only say that one of these three quarterbacks I'm fine with. Or I, I'm okay with that. But they don't have an RG3, a Goff, or a Wentz that right. they're specifically trading up. Or, th- or in theory, they love, let's say, Rosen and Mayfield. Like, those are their top two guys, and they just feel really good, and they could be wrong, that one of those two will be there at three. It's It makes sense. I agree with everything both of you guys said. The thing I'd be worried about is the idea that Ultimately, all of these moves are being made by the Jets and a general manager who I'm not confident is going to be there a year from now and do the Jets avoid getting into the same cycle that they've been in over and over and over where different people are drafting players for different parts of the franchise because will the Jets have enough patience to withstand another 3-13, and 4-12 and 12 season and not change their general manager who just spent a ton of money on mid-level free agent players and now is making all of these draft picks. And it's a lot of draft picks. I mean, it's, it's four 
players for one. So you're you're trading four players for one, and including the number six overall pick in this draft, and three pretty high-level picks. It's a, a virtually no-risk, amazing move for the Colts, and it all works out for the Jets if they pick the right quarterback. But the, the trick is, it's not just about picking the right quarterback. It's providing that quarterback with enough structure from ownership to coach to general manager to the players and having a plan to make that quarterback look good. And if if they're five and eleven well, a year a from time. now, if they're five and eleven a year from now and they fire all those, then it's a you're, and it's a it's a dumb. You're move. speaking. You're speaking a lot of sense, but it's also it's one step at a time here. And I think that they have. Some pieces in place on a roster that's not ready for the playoffs, but I don't think it's as bad as last year. Certainly not when they had a lot of people were predicting 0-16. So I think there are some pieces there. I think that if you get the quarterback and he shows flashes um, ability to play and be a franchise guy, which it has to be to if you're going to trade up this high and give up this much. If you get that guy in place, then I think McCagnan buys time. The only way it doesn't work out is if they – Draft a quarterback that completely bombs in year one, like uh, Deshaun Kaiser, which there was a lot of factors in that. In that, but even he was a second rounder. Sure. So it's like they, if they can just get a guy that flashes, I think it buys McCagnan some time, uh, and and it should because I think he's had a good off season uh, after the Kirk. I, I think that's it. tough to evaluate a rookie quarterback off of that. Look at Jared Goff in his rookie season. There are plenty of other. Wait, but then what do you do? Not t- swing for it, the Jets? I think if anything, correctly assessed that there was a possibility that if they stayed where they were at six that yeah. not only the third quarterback wouldn't come to them, that maybe four or five could go, and then you'd be stuck you with Mike McCagnin. Right, you'd be stuck with Josh McCown and a wait-and-see Teddy Bridgewater. That's how you get fired. If this works, Mike McCagnin could be there for the next 10 years. Right, but he would also be four years into it. I guess the, the thing which is worth raising is he's struggled drafting quarterbacks so far. It's been much lower picks, but whether in Houston or in New York. And he hasn't really at this point, shown anything for his three years running the Jets. But then you fire him Capra. before this process. Right. I, I agree they with that. I think they him. sort of have to buy into McCagnin and Bowles again long term, which is a crazy it's a crazy spot because usually you do want to see progress after two, definitely three years of a run, and they haven't shown it. Relevant to the number six overall pick. Since Joe Flacco was selected number 18 overall in 2008, 25 quarterbacks have been drafted in the first round. Tim Tebow is the only one from pick 6 to 32 who's won a, a playoff game in the past decade. And I thought that the Bills, um, I don't know. I mean, I understand that the Bills were aggressive to move up to 12, but I thought they telegraphed this a little too much, too much and gave McCagnin, if he needed any more uh, window to know, you need to make this move before the Bills do. And maybe the Bills do get to number two and then they're okay as well. But I, I think that... I think McCagnin did what Buffalo didn't, which was seize the moment there. And now it leaves the Bills in a super desperate spot because, they, yes, they have, like Wes said, it's hard, harder to find a true difference maker later in the first round. And you have in uh, the Bills, they have two first-round picks, but then A.J. McCarron, which is no one's example of a guy you want to lead the franchise, and Nate Peterman. So they, they are almost in a desperate spot. If I'm a Giants fan... Or if I'm in the Giants organization, I'm thinking really hard what I want to do here. If I'm a, if I do I want to stay in the pick or move? I feel the same way about the Colts, who now are in six. But if you want to see how the draft plays out and maybe spin that back with the Bills, if they have someone they like, you could really clean up off this pick. 
You've already done the it with the Jets. The Colts. Oh, trade, up, Colts. trade back again if someone's there on the draft. I'm just saying the Colts are still in a very good Chris position. Ballard told Peter King that they would be open. to. I mean, of course you'd be open to it. It depends what comes your way, but that's how you play the draft if you're the Colts. They, they want to avoid free agency, and they want to stockpile and stack one draft after the next for three years. That's, that's how, how it wants that, to build Indianapolis. That's a safer and generally how you win. doesn't mean it always works. Certainly the Browns haven't used the picks in the Carson Wentz trade particularly well, so it all depends on... Uh, again, I think the structure sort of that you have in place. Do you have an offensive philosophy that that can groom a, a great young quarterback in New York? The, the Colts thing is safer. I do find it interesting that I think people around the league, and you saw it in the Peter King article, and I've heard other things. I don't know if everyone really buys the whole Giants aren't taking a quarterback thing at two. That, I'm that, not buying That is very much up in the air whether they're going to take Especially that now. Two. Well, why would you not trade to six if you weren't going to take a quarterback? I mean, outside of Saquon Barkley, and if you were that fascinated with him, you can get almost the best outside of the quarterback position player available at six. Right. Why they're going to get, they're gonna get Chubb, or they're going to get Barkley, or it's a top pick for the Colts. You have to surmise, I know the Jets and Giants don't do business, but it would be malpractice if Mike McCagnan didn't make that call to the Giants. I mean, it would be, it hasn't been reported yet. It has been with the Browns, but it would be absolutely insanely going out of your way to do your job poorly if you didn't see if the Giants would take this offer. It's a pretty nice offer. They've never traded before and they never will. Right, but but of course you would call to see if the Giants would do it. I don't, we don't know. Probably did, but I'm just saying. You should be fired if they did. There's a serious reason why this trade with the Giants would never happen because the Jets and Giants don't do business together. Dave Gettleman seems like of the 32 GMs, the least likely one to care about what's on the back page of the New York Post or any other newspaper, but if the Jets stay at three, get the quarterback of the future, he turns out to be great, and the Giants bypass a quarterback, Eli Manning's successor, don't go quarterback, they're going to get absolutely destroyed. And even more so because it's the Jets. Yeah. So that's how the Jets can stick it I to think the, the Giants. Giants can't, the Giants are boxed in, I think, in that sense with the quarterback position. Because even if Gettleman and this regime likes Eli and thinks he has a couple of years left, which the jury's obviously out on that, you can't risk... What if the Giants are four and six? Jerry just came Halloween? back, actually. Yeah, they, yeah. They the just jury, came, jury, they just—they've uh, reached the verdict. Right. What if they're four and six on Halloween and they didn't draft a quarterback and Sam Rosen is has twenty touchdowns for the Jets? Like the, that would the Fox analyst Sam Rosen suddenly <laughs> played for the Jets? Josh Rosen. <laughs> um, uh, I think that in that situation, the Giants would get killed. And the Giants are smart organization. I don't think they'll ever go down that road. I mean, Edelman's played it well so far. He's got everybody thinking he could take a, G- a quarterback or Saquon Barkley. And those the right are the way guys everybody it. wants to yeah. trade up. It, it, it box Cleveland into taking a quarterback at one or risking incredible PR fallout as well. Because they can't wait till four now to see what happens. No. Because, uh, yeah, even if they wait. They never could, I don't think. I think they, they were never going quarterback it. all along. But if they wanted to get cute and you found out right. someone else really wanted play, uh, you know, Chubb or Saquon Barkley at two or three, you could maybe wait till four for your quarterback. They, they don't have that luxury now because right. of what the Jets And do. I think I think, and this is not something that's unconsidered with the Jets or in New York in general, I think since the Johnson family has taken over this franchise, is they can sell this. Like, this gets the Jets fans excited at a point – at a lowest point possible in terms of fan, in terms of buying tickets, in terms of excitement about the the franchise, and it's like they had to sort of do this to reengage their fan base. I'm not saying that's a good reason to make decisions, but I think it goes into the decisions. It also shows how one sided the relationship is between a fan and a team, right? Because as a fan, you have no choice but to give yourself over to the team. And the guys who are stewards, Mike McCagnan, he's the steward of your fandom. 
he and Todd Bowles, they're they're charged with basically a public trust, but they're what they're doing is saving their jobs. Like yeah. all of their moves are intended to save their jobs, not to not to reward your fandom. I do wonder what's if what's the difference, and there's no way to know of Woody Johnson being in the UK. I, I think that probably makes a difference. There are there's Chris Johnson is his brother. It's in charge of things, and from the reports that you hear, Chris Johnson has been more open, more communicative with the team. It's been a, a better culture around there. Obviously, it's a short term thing with Woody in the uh, working for for Trump, but. We'll see how it all plays out. You brought up the fans. Um, uh, One thing on yeah. on this, Albert Breer reported on this, that Woody was he was on board with this decision before he left. That right. they had talked about this quarterback plan a year ago, and he was already on board with it. Do whatever you can to get a. He knows what they've been missing for his entire tenure there. Yeah, I mean, McCagnan needs some hits. These are his top five paid players on the team. McCown is number one, amazingly, at only ten million. Jermaine Johnson, good player. Kelvin Beach and Buster Screen and Brian Winters. I mean, those are your top five paid Jets. Right. So he needs to bring in big time talent. And he, the quarterbacks, the two quarterback whiffs, not really petty as much, but obviously Hackenberg stick with him and deservedly so. So he gets one more shot to get a quarterback uh, and make it work. And what were you going to say, Mark? Well, I, you, you described, you opened the show by describing yourself of, as having a lost weekend that went from A to Z with no human memory. Your team in the middle of this That's weekend, I, did it not spice it up a little bit your Saturday so they, or Sunday to I find woke out up, that this I was I woke happening. up to that, so that was very good. And I think it's good to, um, we haven't heard from him in a while. I wanted to uh, see how Keith Hansis thought about uh, the Jets, the first week of free agency, about this trade, and I asked him, hey, why don't report card time with Keith Hansis? So let's see what <laughs> Keith had to say. His name is Keith. He's Dan's dad, no doubt about it, he's a big Jets fan. What is he gonna say about the game today? What is he gonna say about the game today? Yeah, I think the Jets have made a good trade to move up in that draft position. Uh, I'm hoping for Donald to be their top pick as the uh, best scenario. But I think Rosen would be very good as well because he's a drop-back passer from the pro-style offense. Um, I'm also happy with the fact that they missed out on the Cousins deal. I think that uh, that's the best for both Cousins and the Jets. And goodbye to uh, both Teddy and Hack. All right. Uh, They're not going to be missed. Uh, I think also as far as the... The move that McCagney has made was pretty good. Uh, the signing of McGowan and Bridgewater, uh, Claiborne, and Avery Williamson has also been a good uh, pickup. So uh, my grade so far is a B plus, but they need an A plus with QB to make this a successful uh, offseason. Yep. You have to remember – thank you, Dad. You have to remember how hopeless last offseason was. So Jet fans are pumped right now, and maybe McCagnon's not the answer. Greg, I don't think any Jets fan is all the way in on him because of what happened with Hackenberg mostly. Uh, but I like what they've done this past week, and I'm really excited for the draft. So they're doing their job as an organization, at least right now. Fans have hope, and they're excited for the future. I like how Keith delivered. He knows that you, you want grades to get clicks. You you gotta you gotta hand out grades. That's what the, that's what the customer wants, and he's doing it. By the way, Brands uh, Bills general manager Brandon Bean told Peter King he is quote not ready to move mm. up in the draft for a quarterback. 
uh, his quote uh, to King. I haven't spent enough time to have an opinion about any of them yet, honestly. Yes. You a liar! No! Uh, well, now he doesn't know where to move up to. I think that it became a lot trickier for him. That's interesting because it's such a different... It, it's the inverse of the Jets' approach. The Jets traded up without a specific target in mind when they haven't had a chance to sit down and meet with any of these guys, and the Bills' GM has basically said... I want as much data as possible. I want to meet with these guys. I want to know who I'm trading up for. It's the exact opposite they, approach. They met with them at the combine. I'm it's sure line it season for 15 no, minutes. Any, not yeah, like a, not spending a whole day with them, putting them up on the blackboard, seeing what makes them tick. But I, they've also the Jets have been scouting these quarterbacks for two years, and I, I they have to feel confident with what they're going to get. I mean, organizationally, not just McCagnan, right. but the scouts and everyone else that have been sent out to track every one of these players' moves for 700 days. Going back to that Burt Breer piece, plan A was actually to draft a quarterback high, assuming 2016 would be a nightmare, or 2017 would be a nightmare loss season. Then the Cousins, they went to the Cousins race. That didn't work out. So they're back to the plan A, which was plan B, or plan B, which was plan A. And they're going to be okay, I think. That's what I, that's what I feel. It, just, it shows you how costly those wins are. Oh, brutal. And like, for instance, the Bills should have lost that, that game in the snow against the Colts. And then the Colts have another win. I don't know what the tiebreaker would have been, but they would have had the same record as the Jets. Who knows? You might have just you might have just been in the number three spot if that game. There's just so many crazy factors, and now the Colts get you know four second round picks out of it because because you know Chuck Pagano decided not to get closer for an Adam Vinatieri field goal. <laughs> it's just so strange. Dan, we spoke uh, Friday about your saying that you like Lombardi's quote about. Football being the perfect team sport, except for the imbalance at the quarterback is too important. And that goes hand in hand with another one of my favorite quotes from Thomas Dimitrov. When you don't have a QB, the search for one consumes you. But my new favorite to describe the value of a quarterback in the NFL was David Letterman at the Peyton Manning ceremony when he said, this guy changed the skyline of the city. This is the goal of every NFL team to have a quarterback in place for Two decades that makes you one of the eight or ten franchises who are relevant to ESPN, NFL Network, and everyone else who covers football because two-thirds of the league, here's a dirty little secret, doesn't get reported on and is irrelevant to most of the major networks, most of the, most of the media. You do not want to be on the Bills, Jets, and Browns hamster wheel of irrelevance for two decades. You want the quarterback who changes skylines, gets buildings built, Make sure you sell out every game like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and changes the skyline. That's the goal, and that's what the Jets are trying to do. Yeah, and if Peyton Manning doesn't have that one lost season due to the neck injury where the Colts conveniently out of nowhere go, what, 1-15, in they get Andrew Luck, then the Colts are one of these teams that couldn't have made this deal. The only reason the Col- we can praise Chris Ballard, and he should deserve, he deserves praise, but you're, you, you're able to make this move because assuming Andrew Luck doesn't have more health issues, you've got that guy, and so you can accrue draft picks and build around it. There's we so haven't... much randomness that goes into it. Tom Brady lasting until pick 199 is randomness. We, we, haven't, we hadn't heard from uh, Keith Hansis in a while. How about, how about Chris Ballard? I'd like to hear from him. What's your favorite type of frog? Okay. He's still, I mean, he doesn't have a lot of different things to say, but <laughs> it's always interesting, his questioning. Anyway, um, so that's what's going on. So is it, poss- is it really possible, by the way, that the first five quarter- uh, draft picks would be quarterbacks? That's not possible, right? 
I think it's completely or at least possible. Has that ever happened? The well, five. Cleveland, I don't has, think Cleveland would can. have to trade out because Cleveland's got the fourth pick. So four right. of the top five because you go to Denver. Has that ever been the five. first three? The, yes, Absolutely. there have been three. There have been three. I don't think there's ever been top four. I don't. When was the last time? Did you hit me with an three? absolutely there? Oh no, I think there's been there's been three. There's I been there a couple two. of times when there were top three. When you hit somebody with an absolutely, I want the facts. No, I after. thought you asked if the top three <laughs> could be no, quarterbacks, quarterbacks this time, and that's what I it said. It would absolutely. be wild. Oh, yeah, no, it, it's well, an interesting it, scenario. I haven't I haven't heard anyone opine. Could it be all four? You know, with the Browns and this Giants. This is a strange year. I think it could happen. Out. So it would be Darnold, Rosen, Allen, Mayfield, and who would be the fifth? Well, so no, no fifth. No fifth. Yeah, okay. probably not a fifth. But I, Lamar I, Jackson could come off at some point after but, that because, that, listen, the other player in this, if they, if they have any way to do it, I think Miami realizes, as they should have a month ago, they're not going to get Baker Mayfield or any of these guys they like at 11. They're going to have to try to wait. You've got three AFC East teams trying to get into the top five for quarterback. Well, it's also such an inexact science. Bucky Brooks was talking last week, some teams have Mason Rudolph ranked first or second, second or third. And I don't think it's like some crazy, like they're just out on a crazy ledge. They're like, no, we like him about third for th- for those reasons. And so that makes me think, well, he's getting taken in the first round, and maybe he's going to be a guy that Arizona and Miami looks at. I don't know if those are those teams that like him. I wonder how many QBs go in the first round. I mean, Baltimore. Baltimore's been talked about as a sneak team to grab a quarterback. They're at that makes they're, sense. they're one pick after the after the Cardinals. 15, the Bills, 16. Cardinals, uh, Dolphins, Dolphins. In addition to all the teams we've been talking about, Patriots probably not in the first round, but it, nothing would shock me with them. The cr- the crazy thing is because Saints. the the quarterback absence is right now about five or six quarterbacks around the league, and if, if, if this will not happen, you know that two of these guys will work out, the rest will completely <laughs> S the bed, and it will be an utter nightmare for three franchises. But if it, ever, if it ever did work out, and this was the draft that for a certain amount of time brought us to the point where we finally, in our lifetime, have 32 functioning, enjoyable <laughs> That's, starting quarterbacks. It won't happen, but One this, of these guys this is, is a bigger haul. Smith, another one's going to be Cade McNown. Although it could be no two, doubt. It could be 2004 with three either Hall of Fame or borderline Hall of Fame quarterbacks. That would change a lot. The difference is back in 2004, people weren't going as crazy, and guys like Ben Roethlisberger could slip to 11, or a team like the Chargers or could confidently con- trade down or to 2017. four. When guys like Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson slipped, that's fair. Yep, Mark twenty. Although I'm not ready to put them right there, right there. Yeah, twenty twenty one, Jets Browns AFC title game. Sound good? I mean, it sounds great as long as my team wins. It'd be even more painful to lose to the Jets and after you'll take a loss. I'll take a loss. (laughs) Say that now, because then I'll know the quarterback is good. Last time they played in the playoffs, it was one of the longest games in NFL history. Not possible with ten minute overtime. That would guarantee doubling uh, the combined Jets and Brown Super Bowl appearances. There was a game like that. <laughs> right? Oh, Greg. Oh, Greg. Oh, Greg. <laughs> How dare you. Uh, all right. Let's get into the rest of uh, the news around the league. And we'll start with, yes, the Honey Badger. He finds work. It happened on Friday after we uh, finished our show. Uh, the Houston Texans signed the former Cardinals defensive back, uh, Tyron Matthew. Uh, the deal is for one year and $7 million, according to uh, Tom Pelissero, who had the report for us. Uh, the deal was official on Monday. Wes, I am really surprised that he essentially signed for a prove-it deal. Were you? Yeah, I think part of that's the safety market, which has been non-existent 
Um, I think he was the first big name out of all the safeties to sign. There's been no Earl Thomas trade. Um, I, I think that was a big part of it. And, and probably teams wondering, is Tyron Matthew ever going to be 2015 All-Pro Tyron Matthew again? He wasn't quite that at, even at the end of last year. But this Texans defense is very intriguing because they have so many question marks. He's one of them. Will J.J. Watt ever be the same player? Will Whitney Merciless come back to what he was? Can their other additions really bolster a secondary that needed it last year? They seem like a fascinating defense. If half of those answers are no, they're in big trouble. But they were not a good secondary last year. But the upside with Clowney, Merciless, Watt, Honey Badger – it's pretty exciting. Two really good young I inside especially, especially the pass rushers. Matthew's at a different level. I was I was really surprised, and this maybe is a case where we allowed, you know, a player that we really love watching play. We certainly love his personality, color how we thought his market was going to be, although I don't think we were the, the only ones because th- that was surprising. I think his judging by his words, his agent was expecting uh, something better. But I did ask around a little bit about this one, and I didn't think – I guess there wasn't what you said in terms of the health, whether he's all, ever going to be all the way back physically. And I think the question with him was he has to prove that he can cover uh, wide receivers out of the slot. I think there's some question whether he really is a cover guy, and if he's not, then what is he? He's sort of a box safety so it, I think there's some question. If he can show that he can cover guys one-on-one in Houston, many, he might be re-signing in Houston for a lot of money. How many free safeties cover wide receivers, though? More now. And they get Not the that ones many. that get big contracts. They're usually covering running backs and tight ends out of the backfield. I mean, they can do they can do zone. You know, he might be more of a zone guy. Either way, I think there was question, obviously, that, that he could get back to the level he was at. And he'll have a chance to prove it. I mean, Don Terry Poe. And Alshon Jeffrey are great examples of guys who settled for prove-it deals last year and ended up getting paid. This stat from uh, Bill Barnwell of ESPN uh, that speaks to the statistical drop of Honey Badger. Uh, He had uh, five interceptions, 11 tackles for a loss, knocked away 17 passes in 14 games before suffering that second torn ACL in three years in the 26 uh, games in 2016-17, two interceptions, nine tackles for a loss, eight pass breakups. So... Maybe not as productive a guy, and they and a team like the Texans was smart to be able to um, sign a guy that has a chance and a chip on his shoulder to get back to that level. Or maybe he doesn't. I guess if you're the Texans, you wish you had him for more than one year because if he's if he's a monster again this year, then he hits the open water. And you do what Jeff you do what Jeffrey did with the Eagles. I think showed a nice blueprint of what to do with some of these high risk guys, high reward. Jeffrey and Timmy Jernigan were both brought in on one with one-year deals. One was a free agent, one was a trade. And by late in the season, they were like, these are our guys, and you can get those long-term deals done during the season. Yeah, and Matthew's going to look at them and say, this is the team that took a shot on me. I don't know, how, I don't know who else tried to recruit him, but J.J. Watt was a huge reason that he went there. Moving on, Kyle Fuller. He's staying with the Bears, but another team made a play. The Green Bay Packers had signed uh, Fuller, the cornerback, to a offer sheet. Uh, and Chicago quickly matched it. So the deal is $56 million over four years, $18 million in guarantees, Rap Sheet reported. Um, Greg, can you kind of make sense of this to me? I, <laughs> I just, I'm just a little confused about the way they play this. Uh, the Packers? The, 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 the Bears basically let another team negotiate for them and then immediately match the deal. I did, what, was, what was behind all this? I, I'm a little confused, too, of the reaction to it, which has been – 
suspiciously similar across the outlets as if they're getting talking points from someone inside the Bears building. Ultimately, you know, the Bears can argue that, hey, the Packers kind of negotiated for us. It was tough to get a deal done. We didn't want to, you know, set his number really high by giving him the franchise tag. I still look at it like you're paying Kyle Fuller as much money in the next two years as almost any cornerback in football. A, that's questionable. And B, if you had been a little more aggressive to begin with, certainly if you gave him the fifth-year option, I understand the reasons they didn't do it. But I would have rather kept him on the franchise tag than than do this deal because they basically gave him a two-year, $29.5 million deal, and they had the, they had the Packers negotiate for him, but I think they could have had him for less. If you, start, if you start with the franchise tag number of $15 million, then this deal goes even higher. Maybe. I mean, that's... They want him there long-term. But you, I, I think that they wanted to find out what his market was. They, they honestly didn't know what his market was. And part of it is he wanted to find out maybe what his market was too instead of just accepting a deal before going to free agency and he found out. It, it makes sense that they matched it right away. Why let a good player go well, away? To me, the confusing part was why did the Packers make it so easy to match? That's like, did pre- they really think the Bears weren't going to match that? Maybe they're just getting them to... To pay it, I mean, why not do it? You know what? It doesn't hurt. It's like asking. It's like asking for a raise. I think it's a reason you don't see the transition tag used very often at all because the reactions by everyone are kind of just like, "Excuse me." Uh, it, it is crazy though, and and the fifth year option thing. I I really think if you're keeping a player on your roster, give him the fifth year option. There there is so little downside. Kyle Fuller would be on their team for. I think a third as much this season as he will wind up being. I think he's getting $21, $22 million this year now. Uh, Speaking of prove-it deals, Sheldon Richardson has found a home. It is with the star-studded Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota announced Friday uh, that the former Seahawks and Jets defensive lineman uh, signed a one-year $8 million pact worth up to $11 million in incentives uh, to join a stacked defense uh, defense in Minnesota. Uh, Mark, the rich get richer, and Richardson, who's still just 27 years old, gets a chance to really reestablish his value uh, on a great defense. From a Vikings standpoint, it reminds me a little bit with the Seahawks up until before this offseason where they were adding these big-name defenders to what they thought was a team still in its Super Bowl window and keep adding strength on strength. The, Vi- or the Vikings right now have Sheldon Richardson and Linval Joseph at tackle and Everson Griffin and Donnell Hunter. And that is an incredible defensive line if they stay healthy. And they're basically saying, our Super Bowl window is wide open. We're going to keep adding these guys. And, they, and the one thing for all the quarterback chatter, Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman did talk about, we cannot lose what is the heart of our team, which is our defense. We have to keep these guys around for the extent of this run. Um. I think the the NFL sent a message to Richardson too, which is like we don't trust you. Yeah. So because oh, no he is such a talented guy, I mean, I saw it as, as a Jets fan when he was uh, at his peak in around t- 2014, 2015, uh, before he started getting into trouble. The guy was a terror on defenses, but people don't want to give him a long term deal because there's been too many red flags. So. This is what he's got to live with. He kind of paid for that. And if he can't succeed, it's a great position to look great because if you can't succeed on that defensive line and you're going to be on television 
national television pretty much every other week and a lot of primetime games and you can be part of a quote-unquote winning culture that goes to the playoffs and like all that stuff I think helps your bottom line as as Malcolm Butler and Nate Solder I mean if he if he can't get it done there he's not going to get it done let's stick to the speed limit please in Minnesota on the streets of Minnesota it's smart it's why Indomitian Sue should sign with the Rams just just go to Go to the Rams, play next to Aaron Donald. You'll be on TV every week, and you can go back into free agency next year. Just sign a one-year deal and wreck, wreck the league. Can't wait for an offseason full of who has the best defensive line in football. <laughs> With Michael Bennett saying things like, I think we can have the greatest defensive line in the history of the NFL. They're pretty good, Comparing too. it to the Golden State Warriors, yep. as if he learned nothing from Vince Young. <laughs> um, Sheldon Richardson, <laughs> we were just in Minnesota, so we can give you some tips how to stay out of trouble but still have fun. I think it begins and ends with the TGI Fridays. <laughs> lock it down at TGIFs. Just yeah. lock it down. Get a nice Coke and some jalapeno poppers. Mm. Have a nice yeah, night. Yeah, I, Great wait stuff there. Who's the waiter again that we love? That was his name. Uh, what was his name? Damn it. It was something unique. Was I've got a nice guy. I've got two, three more words for for him, just as a, a yeah. recommendation. Long sleeve undershirts. <laughs> it's big time. Makes a big time difference. How about long John? Underpants. <laughs> That's it's cold up there. Moving on, Lagari. Speaking of cold locations, uh, he signs with the Detroit Lions. <laughs> I like that everybody knows him as yeah. Lagari. Just one word, <laughs> Lagari. Uh, the former Eagles running back, the former Patriots running back. He is on a two-season Super Bowl championship streak, and now he goes to a team that's never even went to the Super Bowl. That will end. Uh, but anyway, uh, Blunt uh, reunites with Matt Patricia, who, of course, was with New England for the last several years. Uh, but, but, uh, Greg Rosenthal, uh, there's a lot of buzz percolating that the Lions are going to add someone else to go with Legary uh, as soon as the draft. Well, that shows there's not a lot of faith in Amir Abdullah, who's there. I was interested. He in- got a lot. Of, he got a lot of run, didn't he? Abdullah right. had his chance to and, prove himself, right? And the regime still likes him. I don't know where this buzz is coming from about the draft because everything Zzz. they've said is Ab- Amir Abdullah is still in our plans. I I was really intrigued by Blunt saying. Uh, he had a really strong bond with Matt Patricia. Anytime I ever saw him, I'm quoting him now, any part of the building, whatever the circumstances, it was always laughs and jokes. We got really close. It would <laughs> get serious. I just like this idea of that Matt Patricia is sort of this uh, man about town that like everyone loves. And he, I believe it, just, it. It, was, it was just Belichick kind of constraining him publicly, and now we're learning that he's the life of the party. Well, I think we act like the offense and defense in these buildings never you know, fraternize <laughs> or see each other. These guys are in, in, locked down in the building 24 hours a day. Well, some teams, you remember Collision Low Crossers, it showed how separated those two worlds can be. But maybe Matty Patricia is just one of those exceptions that everybody, you know, he, he lights up a room, Matty. This is a position they've needed for a long time, a power back in Detroit. But I'm a little interested to see how it works out because these backfields where they have the power guy and the passing down guy often don't work out because there's so much of a tell about who's coming into the game, what you're going to do. The Saints have guys like Ingram and Kamara who can do both. One of them's a passing down guy who runs well and the other's a running down guy who catches well. Blunt is one of the least effective receiving backs in the NFL and Who's the, Theo Riddick is one of the least effective running running backs mm, in the NFL. So point. it's a tell. And that's why they have to keep Amir Abdullah because he can do both. Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, the trade tsunami strikes once more. Oh, my goodness. Or even on land. 
It's not even safe there. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, the nature of the tsunami is that it's attacking the land yeah. from the sea. But obviously being – if you're looking to just, you know, hang out in the water. Go to the sixth floor of your local tall building. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Patriots acquired uh, kick returner slash wide receiver Corderell Patterson as well as a sixth-round pick in uh, this year's draft from the Oakland Raiders in exchange for a fifth-round pick uh, this season. And, uh, Greg, this is a move for the Pats that uh, obviously they had a hole after Deion Lewis uh, left uh, for Tennessee in their kick return game. Uh, I would need to be convinced that he's Cordell Patterson is going to be a part of their offense, but who knows? No, I don't think he will. I mean, just looking at Edelman, Hogan, Cooks, Malcolm Mitchell, Kenny Britton theory. I mean, he's at best fifth or sixth. But they, I like that the Patriots put such an extreme value on special teams. It's kind of part of their secret sauce that they invest more in special teams than just about any team in the league, and it shows up every year. They're always one of the top six or seven special They're teams. They're going to lose your boy Matthew Slater, it looks like. I thought the, the timing sports. was interesting because Cordero isn't just a returner. He's also a gunner. He, yeah. he, he's really good at punk there, There's a pretty strong argument to be made. He's the best special teams player in the NFL. So why did the Raiders give up? Because they thought he's, he's a terrible wide receiver, and he is, apparently. And I think that was what they were focused yeah, John on. John Gruden determined to go 5-11 and 11 also. That could be it. <laughs> 1998 football. In other Raiders news, uh, Beast Mode is going to be sticking around, it looks like, because he will get that $1 million roster bonus. Um, according to Rap Sheet, he's scheduled to make about $6 million in 2018. So Marshawn Lynch and Doug Martin, Mark Sessler, uh, will be the two lead guys, it looks like. Uh, do you like that pairing? I mean, Oakland? they've got a deep roster because DeAndre Washington, you got Jalen Richard as well. I, I, I don't... I was not huge on Marshawn Lynch last year. I thought he played better than I thought he would. I think it depends completely which Doug Martin you get. I, I, I'm i kind of surprised they're keeping Lynch. I, I Greg, I believe you had a sandwich on this. Gonna he lose would be him. gone. Lose and I, I don't know if I took you up on that. Maybe I did for just for the, the game itself. But we'll I thought you'd be right. We'll check in on the sandwiches right. on Friday. I mean, I just, I don't, it's, it, it, it's an interesting move. I don't know if I'd want Lynch as my starting guy in, in 2018. Boomer bust is the way I would, I would look at their backfield. I, if I'm a, a fan of another AFC West team, I like everything I'm hearing coming out of Oakland. So, <laughs> I agree. You think Beast Mode? He was one of the I best just, running backs in the league in the last. To me, eight John, he was solid last to me, year. To me, John Gruden is building a Jeff Fisher team. So that I would love for an AFC. If I'm a Chargers court, fan, I'm, I'm thrilled with this. You're a Chiefs fan watching the Chiefs reload, have a whole different type of quarterback, and you're looking at the Raiders and saying, I'm watching the way Andy Reid runs that offense, going up against a 1998 philosophy with John Gruden, and I'm happy with Andy Reid. Mm. I'm also seeing the Broncos going this way, down. They are. The they, Chargers are always going to be the Chargers. I know everybody gets excited. They'll win seven to nine games probably. I think there's definitely a path for the Raiders to be fighting in that AFC West. for. Uh, That's the Chargers division, division to lose. Mm. They have the best roster in that division. Here we go again. And I, Every I'll, year. I'll put my money down on them again. I'll do it again too. I uh, believe in I, talent over randomness. If you just stick with the same teams year after year, then you end up being right. The like, Eagles, like you I got it. With the Eagles, they finally eventually. came around for you. Uh, and another Patriots moves: they signed uh, Adrian Claiborne, two-year, twelve million dollars. Uh, so he gives them another guy on the edge. They also signed a uh, running back, 
Uh, oh, this is going to work out for them. Oh, yeah. It's annoying. Jeremy Hill. It's like Corey who, Dillon all over again. Who once upon a time uh, was I mean, one of the young uh, power backs in the league everybody was excited about. And ever since that fumble in the playoff game against the Steelers, it seemed like his career went in the tank the last two years. And now he gets a chance at redemption in Bill Belichick's offense. That's Cincinnati to New England running back pipeline. You've got Rex Burkhead, Corey Dillon. Now you've got Jeremy Hill. What have the Bengals gotten out of that pipeline? Anything going on? Ben Jarvis, way? Green Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> they got uh, Ben Tate. Brandon Tate. I don't think, what uh, a run, I don't think Tate. the Bengals know like how like, pipelines should work properly. It, it's well, supposed it to be to like be, both ways things should be coming in a positive way. It used to be uh, the sewage just floated down from Pittsburgh to Cincinnati on the Ohio River, and the Bengals would sign everyone cut by the Steelers. This this, <laughs> <laughs> this is the part of free agency. Lewis Riddick, for what it's worth, kind of a Belichick disciple, put it out on Twitter today that like this is the key part of free agency. This is when the best signings happen. I don't know if that's... That might be overstating a little bit, but we do get caught up. It does make of, you sound smart. We, we, do, <laughs> we do get caught up in like really reacting after a couple of days. And now the Patriots and many other teams are going to keep filling in their rosters. And it's like at this point, what have the Patriots really lost? Nate Solder to me is a huge loss. Uh, and you have to figure out how to fix that. And they'll probably re-sign one of their guys like Lay Adrian Waddle, but that's that's not necessarily a total solution. But after that, it's like, all right, you're filling in your roster with some guys, and you can totally see them making Hill work and Claiborne at least providing pretty cheap, solid defensive end snaps like he did a year ago. And it's like, okay. I'm always interested plan. in who, especially on offense for me, who they decide to zero in on that other teams did not see. Now, Jeremy Hill, I think he kind of just ran, the team ran out of patience with him. But this is the team that turned Rex Burkhead into a 10 times better player than he was. Chris Hogan with the Bills. I mean, they are, pick, they are playing these teams, they didn't work scouting out for Mike them. Gillisley. Okay, but that's because they have five no, other I'm, running backs that work. But uh, yeah. No, your point yeah. is well taken, though. I mean, Chris Hogan, come on, Bill. No, those names you just brought up, I was just thinking about that. The last three years now in the offseason, the, the Patriots have made a second tier pickup that everybody was like, oh, that's going to work. Hogan, Burkhead. Although Burkhead wasn't like a home run last I year, mean, but Burkhead he was is, a good fit for he, them. He helped. He, was, he, he, helped. he Talk about an offense. You can't, he, he blew his knee. He helped right, and, and you can't tell games. what running backs are going to do and who's in there. Burkhead's perfect for that. Yeah. Uh, in other news, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are having a nice little uh, couple weeks, I think. Vinny Curry agrees to a three-year, $23 million deal with the Bucs. Uh, he was released by the Eagles, but uh, the pipeline told us uh, that the pipeline could be a lot of different things. Uh, we were told via the pipeline that that was not for performance reasons. The Eagles just had salary cap issues, so Curry had to go. The Bucks paid like a, they wanted a guy that, uh, or they believed there was, this was a guy that could make a real impact. Uh, you like this move, Wes? I do. I kind of like what the Bucks are doing so far. Uh, Curry, I think, is an upgrade on a declining, aging Robert Ayers, and they desperately needed all. I thought offensive line was their biggest need. Secondary probably too, but Ryan Jensen helps them put Ali Marpet back at guard. Still have an issue at left tackle, but I think Jameis Winston is going to be running out of excuses soon. I, I'd, wear, I'd be wary of almost any offensive line signing this offseason because history tells us half of them are going to be bust. I mean, these are a lot of guys. I, I kind of put them as a group in, the, in, the, in a worst contracts of free agency column. And Ryan Jensen, who started 16, played 16 games at center in his life, was a backup for five seasons, basically, in Baltimore, is now the highest-paid center in the league. Justin Pugh in Western... By the way, he had a vigorous market. A yeah, lot of people, people loved him. Yeah. He had a great year, but I'm just saying a guy that the the Ravens literally never trusted to be a starter, including last season, until injuries started. And he played great. Maybe it'll work out. I have None of us really know. Justin Pugh, 
and Weston Richburg, both coming off serious injury concerns, got paid full price. Your guy Hubbard on Cleveland. It's like if you needed an offensive lineman, you just had to pay them like stars. Not my guy. I would say that, I mean, Peter King's Monday morning. Why do you order Monday that morning, Chris Hubbard jersey? Well, you're right, because I order all the jerseys because they cost about $180 each, and I'm just <laughs> flush with cash. But, like, the Jensen got as many calls as Kirk Cousins from the, the according to his agent early on. So and the one thing about the Bucks, if they get good, I need you. If we're going to have additional games, you must change the uniforms immediately. I cannot yes. watch an extra one, two, or three games of Hideous the Bucks uniform. in these outfits. I think there's some type of uh, amount of time they must stick with it. No, uniform. it's five years, and yeah. that's five years Ugh. too many with these outfits. So you're just going to stick it out. Stick it out, guys. Hang in there. By the way, nice use there of vigorous, vigorous market. Usually vigorous lover. It's one of those words that connects with another one. I feel like I've heard Damashek say that about himself. Yes, he calls himself a vigorous lover, I believe. <laughs> Waiting for a second or a third source on that. Um, <laughs> on check? He's acting as his own source. That's that's, he's a, he's that's on one hype, way to do it. He's a bias source. He is prolific. Uh, Orlando Skandrick <laughs> spent uh, nine seasons with the Dallas Cowboys. He stays in the <laughs> NFC East and lands a two-year deal uh, worth up to $10 million with the Washington Football Club of Mark Sessler. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> well, you wrote the post, throwing it to you. Uh, I mean, I, I, I guess they, they, needed, they needed cornerbacks. Breland goes to market. Kendall went to market. I mean, you have to, you, he, he'll step in and play the slot, but he's, he's not young. And What's going on with got- Breland? What's going on with Rashad Breland? Is Another failed physical scenario. Yeah, yeah, the failed Cut physical. His foot Cut. in Dominican Republic? Oh, oh, right. Boy. Did that happen after our last podcast? I think it happened. No, it, the details came the out details after did. we did. Right. That, I feel like someone's going to get a deal for that guy. It dep- well, let's see. Big... How bad is the cut? Well, I need more details. It that, required more than a Band-Aid. That's, like heart, that's heartbreaking luck. I don't know Bashad Breland, but to think that like you might have one big payday and you're your, in your entire life, I mean, in terms of just like it's all focused on this one time, and he cuts his foot. Well, also, d- d- barring it being a giant cut, it? why wouldn't the team say we know this cut's going to be fine? Like four four weeks from now, also, three weeks from now. Counterpoint, Greg. Yeah, wear a pair of shoes. Oh, maybe <laughs> it's the thing that he's, he's not the most intelligent uh, vacationer. I, you think I, he was wearing yeah. those gloves for your feet? I'm saying if I was about to make like thirty million dollars, whatever his contract was. I don't like to go anywhere anyway, but put me in the bubble, man. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Give me a bottle yeah. of Tito's you're right. and give me Take Netflix. the vacation after. The season should end, and you should just stay in one room. Until you and get the paid. the kids aren't even allowed in the I room. Like party. Dan's philosophy. I'll vacation outside the United States when I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and finally in the news, a uh, tweet. Speaking of soon to be dead, Le'Veon Bell, the Steelers' uh, star running back, tweeted this out to his followers uh, on Saturday: "Should I get a pet alligator or should I get piranhas? Which would be more lit?" Oi, Mark, we'll start with you. Let's give him honest advice here. Um, I would go piranhas because for me, you can. It's a dangerous animal. I don't know about more lit. Give me a break. But like, you can keep it kind of caged. No judgment zone. We're just trying to help level. I'd go. I'd go piranhas because it's 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 a flashy, attractive item. When you have like people over to the house, they can stand around and look at the fish tank. Alligator, you got to okay. keep track of where that. And thing maybe is. you weren't comfortable with the slang, but you're hitting at exactly what he's asking. What would be more? I think it, that would be, be more that, flashy. That more would be. Exciting, that's what cool. I'm saying. You'd be in, you, yeah. people come over and look at piranhas in like an awesome fish tank. I think that's a sort of a Jimmy Johnson type thing. I'd be interested to dive deeper into the connection between professional athletes 
and aggressive pets. Hmm. Because it takes an aggressiveness sometimes to excel in a sport like football. But like you see so many athletes, like if you're getting a dog, they're getting a Rottweiler or a pit bull. Mm-hmm. Like you don't Please see him ever yeah. getting a poodle. Smells no. like a long form. I don't know if uh, our features editor Ali Bonpuri still listens to the show, but I think this this has a it West is. long form. Written I mean, all Ali's over. welcome to write it. It's time, Wes. And uh, the first reply, by the way, to this tweet is, is from some dude named Isaiah. Uh, bro, please don't get eight. We need you. And then Cole Wright, our own Cole Wright. Did he mean eaten? Eight, he just said eight, man. Like the number eight or eighteen? Uh, he spelled it eighteen. Oh, okay. Uh, and Cole Wright chimes in, alligator, man. So Cole <laughs> had a take. Cole had a take. Cool. Big on the alligator. Um, you know what ever happened to cats? That'd be pretty lit. Just get a cat. Safer. No, Attempted that this uh, past season. Did not go well. Cat's not lit, though. Far from lit. No. <laughs> I would say piranhas to be safe. You don't, You know, what is the upside of having an alligator? Piranhas to be safe. <laughs> I just think an alligator. <laughs> There's no like, upside to either one of them. They're terrible. Piranhas, upside to piranhas, I think. If you, if you got a cool house. Right. right. And if you have a badass tank, like in your, in your foyer, yeah, one piranha. These men have foyers. Great talking point. Every t- anyone whoever walks in your home, alligator. It's like, oh, suddenly it's not in its like little cage by someone's bed. Where is it? We're screwed. Your whole day, your whole spend, your whole day. And then looking you get at like, it's a talking point. Yeah, you walk in. Whoa, are these are these piranhas. And then he's like, yeah, man. Like I always connected with piranhas as <laughs> a pack, and they attack and they're fearsome. And then it's like, oh, I get this guy. But if you got an alligator that you have to hit, hide it in like a back shed in your garage yeah. or now your backyard. Now it's three backyard. times bigger and it just ate your lit cat. <laughs> no. Cats aren't lit. All right. That's it for today's show. We will be back. Uh, oh, little housekeeping. Uh, we are going to the owners' meetings. We're flying out uh, on Friday. So how about that? And we're going to do two shows uh, from Orlando, we're going to talk with some uh, general managers and some head coaches. Oh, don't um, don't bury the lead. We are buying the Carolina Panthers, the four of us. It's happening right out. That's why. Under, that's uh, why we're we're going. Feet. We couldn't even afford season tickets to the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> uh, so that will be coming up uh, next week. Uh, we will have, I guess, one more show this week. We won't have a show Friday, so we'll be traveling. So we'll be back on Wednesday. Uh, but until then, one quick note. Yes. Congrats to our friend from the fantasy circle, no longer with the company, but Matt Franciscovich. The franchise. Married over the weekend to a young lady named Mackenzie Reynolds, assuming he knew her previous to the weekend. (laughs) I like that you gave her name. Mackenzie Reynolds. Congratulations on your marriage to Matt Franciscovich. Franchise. The franchise. A very good, a a very good guy. Uh, All right. That's it. Stan Hayes is signing off for Quiet Storm. The mailman, the old boss. Money bags. Both on my glass. Until Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Dot com slash compatibility.